0: You are listening to the Quest for Wholeness Podcast, a biopsychosocial spiritual guide. If you're interested in the human experience, health, wholeness, and how everything is interconnected, then you are in the right place. In this show, we will explore the interconnected realms of health that lead to whole human beings. My name is Lexi Birs and I'm passionate about holistic well-being, longevity, and am armed with an education in psychology. I'm so grateful to have you here with me. Welcome to a Quest for Wholeness podcast. Coming up on a Quest for Wholeness podcast.
1: People are always asking, "What if? What if there's a, a giant stock crash? What if there's a giant earthquake? What if there's a war? Um, what if there's a zombie apocalypse? You know, what's going to happen to my portfolio?" I said, "Well, it won't matter anyway at that point." you'll be worried about cans of tuna fish and toilet paper and guns and (laughs) protecting yourself from the zombies, right? The money you have won't be worth anything anyway. So why put your energy and attention there? Put your energy and attention on how you can make the world better, how humans can work together, how we can all contribute to positive impact.
0: Our guest today is Max Becker-Pose, an independent financial educator at Abundance Wealth Community. Max is a family guy who was born and raised in Vancouver, lived 12 years in Korea and Japan, and then navigated back to this side of the Pacific Rim. He's an avid consumer of spicy food, a diehard ocean swimmer, both warm and cold, and an unstinting lover of animals and nature. Hot, frothy black coffee is always a highlight for this independent financial advisor with more than 10 years in the industry. Max is big on giving back to the community so that we can all share in the abundance of our amazing world. I met Max about a year ago when he was a client at Amplify You. My responsibility was to support him on his podcast guesting experience. So I would find shows that best aligned with Max's values and support him on being a guest on those shows once I started listening to the podcasts Max was doing, focusing around socially responsible investing, I was pretty interested in what he had to say. Then I ended up working with him as a client. And the whole process was just so amazing. His perspective around finances and linking it to values was exactly how I thought of money, but didn't really have anyone to support me. And identifying those things and also aligning those into um, my financial plans. It's been the best experience working with Max. He's made me and my partner feel so supported and confident in our financial journey and I'm so grateful to have him on the podcast. He's also connected me with about four or five other people who are going to be on this podcast And likewise, they are all amazing humans with such great things they're doing and such a passion and care for the community. I'm so honored and grateful to have Max in my network, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode too. So here we go with Max Becker pose. Let's talk about the types of perspectives that we can take in our life to have a glass half full perspective.
1: Well, the start would be focusing on what you have and not what you don't have. And so much of life is, I think, you know, I read that, um, you know, as soon as we're disappointed with our lives or disappointed with our situation or unhappy about something, it's because we lost gratitude. And that was a really clarifying way to hear about it. Because it's true, like if you thought, oh, I didn't land that contract or that client or I didn't get that promotion or I lost money on this or I wasn't able to date that person, whatever thing that you're not happy about. As soon as you do go to that frame of mind, you're excluding everything else that you already have and you're not being grateful for it. Like last night I was grateful for my two feet on the floor. I mean, that's freaking amazing for me. Like There's this Australian guy who was born with no arms and no legs, and now he has like two or three kids, amazingly. Um, But and he's a he's a famous person. I think his name is Do You Need or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. Nick (laughs) (laughs) in Australia. You can Google him. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm so happy to have my feet. I mean, you know what a complicated item the human foot is. Like there's dozens and dozens of bones in it. Like it's such an art work of art. And the amazing really is in the little things that we don't think about and that we don't, that we take for granted. So be grateful. That's where I am.
0: Mm, Well put, well put. And I think for a lot of people, gratitude is cultivated when there's loss, right? So if we're talking about feet, it could be a broken foot or a loss of movement. And then that's when the appreciation comes in for what once was and what what was lost so if you're able to cultivate it while you still have it that's a really powerful skill
1: it's a skill that just love to keep developing even further and you see i see i guess through most of my life actually until i met maddie who was another of your hosts or guests um i just felt like i was hurtling through life like at this uncontrollable pace always looking for the next best thing and that's really just a chimera or however you pronounce that, right I mean there's no um there is no next best thing it's what you have now, and then all we have is a present moment and yeah, it's a real skill and i don't think we're wired for it because of our brains right animals they' they we they'd be wired for it, but you know we humans we have this my dad also wrote about um you have a cone on your head that projects into the future and into the past, like an Im- invisible cone.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're always,
1: we're always living in these different worlds, right? If you look at like a a rabbit or Guinea pig, well, they don't worry about the past or future. And my rabbit gets injured because she bumps into something, but she's right back to eating the next second. Whereas a human would be like, Oh, I can't believe I bumped into that. Oh, my foot, you know, and then go on like that for hours or minutes.
0: Yeah, if you don't have those skills to kind of ground you back into the present moment, it, it could be days perhaps too. So yeah, that's an important skill of, 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 yeah, grounding and being present and grateful. So true. So Max. Uh, I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit about um, the work that you do and then um, enlightening us with um, the onboarding process that you run your clients through to work with you.
1: I'd say it's an evolving process and it's evolved quite a bit over the past few years. And really what I do is I, I love to help people. So I'm here really help people with a lot of things. And sometimes I help people with things that aren't even my job. Like like I'm helping um, a young lady at a Japanese restaurant who's from Japan. And she's been a server for five years and she wants to be an immigration consultant because she struggled when she came to Canada and um, had a hard time. And she wants to help other new immigrants. And she's not even my client, but I'm just Like, I love to connect people and help people. So I I think that's where my my skill is, is is in in, in that connecting and then offering information, providing information. And in terms of what I do, I'm really just a guide. Um, My client actually wrote about it yesterday in a Google review. He said, um, Max won't do all the hard work for you. I still have to do the hard work and, and saving and working every day and putting away that money. But he'll show you where to put your money and give you a plan and make you feel comfortable and confident and, and secure. And knowing that you you have like a, a process or you've got basically some kind of plan of, of what you're going to do. And it gives a lot of reassurance. So that's really what I do. And, um, the process in helping a new client, the key number one driver. Yeah. You wanted to say something, go ahead.
0: Oh yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Just, just, uh, what that looks like when you get a new client and kind of that process that you take them through.
1: I've got so much to say and I'll try to keep it germane. So (laughs) the main thing is uh, it's a commitment from both of us. It's going to take about four or five hours of my time and four or five hours of your time. So people have to be motivated to improve and they have to have that determination, right? So everybody wants more money or better finances, just like everybody wants a better body, but not everyone gets off the sofa to go to the gym. Right. So same kind of thing you'd have to get off the sofa and and go through that, those steps to be able to work with me because um, it will take your time and energy. Right. Um, You know, we always fall back to to discipline and and motivation. Like like Kobe Bryant um, basketball player, of NBA fame, I mean, he would get up at three or four in the morning to practice. Then he'd show up at the team breakfast and he'd already been training for two or three hours. And those everyone else was just yawning and stretching. So those qualities are really important for human beings, you know, to, to help move us forward. And what I do is I really just take a look at what you're doing and you'll, you'll share a lot about your values and your situation. So we can understand, say, the Lexi behind the money. And knowing all about you and what is important to you, and and I'll share some information that would be relevant to your situation. And then just show you a plan where I think you could improve. And then if you benefited from that, if you learned something, that's a win-win. And if you wanted to learn how to implement and put that plan in place, then I could show you that. That kind of sums it up, I hope.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. And um I went through this process with you over the last couple months and it was it was very humbling and enlightening. Um it definitely took work as you had suggested and the the part that I found really beautiful was as you mentioned as well you dig into people's values and and help align those values and goals with a financial plan. And I think it's such a beautiful, holistic approach. And this is what the intention of this show is, is to highlight the holistic, interconnected nature of everything in terms of health, wealth, and well-being, really. And I think that's, that's what I found out on your process, that it really was interconnected and Are finances, that can be a really touchy place for people. There's a lot of emotion tied around to those things that we don't really talk about, or we haven't been educated about by, you know, the traditional education system. So I would love for you to speak a little bit on just the emotional attachment to finances and how you support people through navigating that.
1: I wish everyone could just open a little door, like in, what is that, in <laughs> Wizard of Oz and just see my heart because like when, <laughs> I, I just like to help people. Um, and, you know, pe- we have lots of money scripts. Um, I met a guy at the beach because he knew I love to go swimming and um, he'd also been in Japan and I've been in Japan. So we had like an instant me too. Um, and then I invited him out for coffee he seemed like a cool guy. And he said, what are you selling? And I said, well, I'm just asking for coffee. And he's like, I don't have any money to put in a product. It's like, Whoa, (laughs) I just, like I didn't even, I just had offered for coffee, but he looked me up and, and, and saw that. And he said, you know, he said, uh, Max, um, and he was in his fifties. Um, I've always lived paycheck to paycheck and, uh, I don't have two diamonds rubbed together and that's just the way it's going to be. And I'm okay with that. Um, but then really, he wasn't okay with that, or he wouldn't be saying it that way. And there was a lot of self-judgment and self-devaluation, self-criticism in there. At the same time, a desire to change, but what was stronger it seemed like the judgment was holding him back. And I guess it's kind of human nature. Like, an, And I had um, another friend um, who was a, a plumber who would help out my mom, and I was trying to connect him to a contractor and he couldn't understand why I was trying to help him. He's like, why are you trying to help me? <laughs> <laughs> like what's in it for you? And I said, there's nothing in it for me, but because people don't always get that. And that's a real stumbling block for me. Cause those are the people that I want to help the most, the people who don't actually want to get helped or can't let themselves get helped and they can get the most help. They can, they can benefit and change the most. So, I'd say it's a lot of our personal things about money that hold us back from improving. And just to give you one last one is um, met a guy at the local liquor store who is working there five, six days a week. And what he really likes is art. And he was going to Emily Carr. And I said, uh, Well, why aren't you doing art? He said, Well, I can't make money in art. You know, I have to um, work at this liquor store. I said, interesting well you know i do i I shared that i wrote a newsletter that keeps things fun and relatable i said are you interested he said no i'm not interested in money and my side comment to myself was if you're not interested in money why are you trading 40 hours of your life a week here so especially the people who are and those were all like blue collar people who were kind of stuck so to speak but with people who are stuck what is that money script that's holding you back and what it's those negative attitudes and and self judgments that that are holding us back the most, I think that keep us from improving. Is that making sense to you? Like, do you see the theme there or the pattern?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a self limiting belief that likely is formed obviously by the individual and everyone's going to have their own flavor of that self limiting belief. But then there's also these societal fears that have been ingrained in us that um, maybe that's just not for us. We can't, we don't have the money to start investing. That's not something that's available to me because X, Y, and Z, you know, fill in the blank, whatever that, that may be. So I think that's another beautiful place to jump into is that's certainly a place that I was coming from when I started to uh, work with you as a client is that, you know, I just graduated from university and, and I'm just starting to enter the workforce again. And how how do I actually have enough money to save and start investing? So I would love to hear you speak a little bit about breaking down that myth.
1: Well, investing is really just time. And, you know, if you look at those charts, then you can see that the earlier you get started, the better. And if you live forever, then if you invested like thousand dollars, 100 years ago, you'd be a multimillionaire today, right? Imagine if your parents had put away $100 a month when you were born and just did that religiously and invested it. You know, that'd be a big pile of money today that could have been, could have paid for your school or your first down payment or whatever you wanted it to be. So I think that uh, with the new TikTok generation, a lot of the, um, a lot of people are looking to get rich quick. And they think that I have to hit that big stock or make that big investment or buy that right cryptocurrency to really propel my gains. But I mean, that's not actually how investing works. It really is just time and discipline and repetition and just saving money over long periods of time. So even starting with 25 or 50 a month, as long as you have the intention and the willpower, Then you can turn that into something, you know, pretty substantial over long periods of time. And then you might start with 25, but then maybe a few years later that can be 50 or 75, and then it really starts to snowball. And we've had clients who are putting away $50 and they just didn't think about it. And then several years later, like, wow, I have all this money. Um, (laughs) because they hadn't looked at it. It's just really it's that marathon, not the it's not a sprint, it's it's a marathon of the rinse and repeating over years and years. So it's more about the intention and not so much about how much you're investing.
0: I like that. Also, that just reminded me of what we were just, we started the conversation with is kind of being grateful, right? And for the journey, not so much achieving the goal. And as you mentioned, this YouTube, right? If you made it on YouTube, there are kids kids, 19, 20 year olds making millions of dollars. So, you know, people are seeing that and they're like, oh, it's just got to be like one big thing and then I can make it. But the likelihood of that happening, you know, probably not so much for, for most people. So it's kind of, being grateful for where you're at now and seeing what you can do to move towards your goals, whether that is saving and investing 25, $50 a month, like you mentioned, at least you're moving towards something and being grateful for where you are and and what resources you have available to you now.
1: Exactly. And then confidence is contagious and it builds on itself, right? So once you start creating that positive, that positive feeling for yourself, that will just start to snowball, right? And then who knows, you might be making more changes in, in other areas. And, and by being positive, you know, things will start attracting to you or you'll start attracting the right situations or the right people. Like think how many people work the same job that for $40,000 for years and years of their life, right? Because they don't get out of that comfort zone. But they, But there's so much opportunity there. I'm kind of going away from the thread here, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was what I would say.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think I think that's completely uh completely on topic actually, because there's these skills and attributes that I'm hearing throughout this conversation to propel you towards your goals and and financial health and wealth and freedom and time freedom really, which is. Um, having the intention having the confidence and being comfortable taking risks stepping outside of your comfort zone and that doesn't Uh mean financial risks per se but the risk to try something new
1: oh my gosh that's so huge like even you see the progression like i'm thinking of my 14 year old son he's like um what if this doesn't happen anymore? What if that doesn't happen anymore? I mean, and he's 14, right? Just a few years ago, everything was new and everything was amazing, right? I mean, look at kids. Um, You know, you you tell the kid, oh, we're not going to this restaurant tonight. We're going to that restaurant or we're going to do this. And they're like, yeah, like little kids are always ready to go, right? Um, They just roll with it. But start turning in adolescence, I guess. Well, you would know more about this topic, but that kind of resistance to change sets in right so or even you find um let's say you go to a new restaurant and then you discover a new dish and that becomes your favorite dish and six months later you're still eating that same dish at the same restaurant (laughs) we fall into these patterns like you could probably teach us more about that like what what happens with people when they they get that resistance to change
0: well you know what I know of just n- noting on your um, observation of, you know, things kind of solidifying in adolescence, that's where our identity is forming. That's a very crucial time, right? Where you're figuring out your likes, your dislikes, trying new things, not trying new things, maybe because you've realized you don't like those things. And this is like um, Eric Erickson's stages of adolescent and and um, kind of through the lifespan. And as we get older, we kind of fall into that rut sometimes of, "I like this and I don't like this, and this is who I am, so I'm not going to change because I I, I this is me, and um that's that's kind of it, right? And no further, no further conversation. And hey, if that's where you want to stay, absolutely right? We all have our own. Freedom and agency to choose um, what our lives look like. However, <laughs> I think when we consider our social contexts, our daily responsibilities, the responsibilities of adulthood, which can be pretty goddamn mundane sometimes, it can be really easy to fall into those those habits, and then change is so much harder because you have. Different responsibilities that you need to upkeep and time commitments, maybe to family, kids, work, or what have you. And you have to be very intentional about where your time is and how you're spending it and where your mind's at too during that time. So it's not easy because we're conditioned to do the nine to five, put your hours in go home, and then you have your time. So it's not an easy feat to make change as an adulthood.
1: Yeah, that makes tons of sense. And, um, you know, our brain, it seems to get in ruts, right? Like, uh, speaking of ruts, and and the neurons, I think the way they fire is they start to fire in, in the same pattern. So yeah, disrupting that is pretty uncomfortable, right?
0: Yes. Neurons that fire together wire together is the is the kind of catchphrase.
1: Yeah. So I think it's all part of challenging ourselves to try new things. Yeah. And and you know, life should be a process of continuous improvement. And yeah, that means going out of our comfort zone and being willing to accept that things might not go the way we want. And that, that's very, I'd say it's very uncomfortable. I just spent a thousand dollars on online ads when I really don't want to spend another thousand dollars, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's, I I have to go there. I have to try it. Right. And uh, gosh, going back to that lady at the, um, the Japanese restaurant, you know, <laughs> You know what she said to me? I said, well, are you on LinkedIn? She said, no. And then I said, well, let, let's set up your LinkedIn account. That's the first thing. And she said, well, I don't have half the things that you have in terms of your bells and whistles. I said, okay. So you're telling me that you could leave it as it is now and not set up your LinkedIn and get zero opportunities from LinkedIn. Or you could set up a LinkedIn with the best you can and either get zero or maybe who knows, you'll get get something. She said, well, what if I, will I get hired from LinkedIn? I said, I don't know, but maybe, maybe not. But but she was attached to that needing a result, right? Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. get really attached to needing a result from something instead of just sometimes putting that energy out there or putting things out there. And I think the putting it out there is the most important thing because that's that sharing, that's that reaching, that's making those new connections and the last thing I would mention on that is as humans, you know, relationships are our superpower that the best thing you can do is have more good quality connections with more people and be create a network of helping each other.
0: Well, Max, I have benefited already firsthand from your superpower of connecting people. Max has been so kind to connect me with such a, wonderful people that are also going to be featured on this podcast. And I'm so excited that I had the opportunity to connect with them and grow them in my network too of of a really cool network of people. And I want to jump into another myth-busting financial topic. And that's the belief or notion that building wealth and contributing to charity or community are mutually exclusive and i would just like for you to expand on that a little bit
1: well um a big thing that i teach about is social responsible investments and um what do you know about those
0: well i know from you that they are investing in things that do not hurt other people or the planet there's a third one there that i'm forgetting
1: Well, yeah, you're supporting the three P's. So the other people, the planet, and your portfolio. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't even know if we're allowed to say the word weapons without getting shadow banned. But for example, you wouldn't be investing in companies that make military weapons. Why do you need to invest in companies that make weapons? I mean, they're used to kill people. So wouldn't you want to invest in something that's going to help move society forward, right? And then If we don't put our investment dollars in those weapons companies, well, guess what? They won't have money to develop new weapons because they'll be deprived of funding, right? Um, Look what's happening in Canada. Quebec, which is the second largest pension fund in Canada, they pulled out all their money from oil and gas. Oil and gas are one of Canada's biggest industries. So (laughs) what does that mean? Well, hey, the world is already 13% Uh, renewable power, which is like wind and and solar. So that's just going to progress. So definitely you can have an impact with your, even if it's more limited means, depending on the, I mean, everyone only has a certain amount of means, but you can make that impact from, yeah, $25, $50 right away. Um, In terms of charity, yeah, it might be topic for other podcasts, but I mean, there are definitely ways to, you know, give back to charity. While also making it better for your own situation, because when we do give to charity, we, we get tax back, right? That's not the main reason we do that. but And there are financial techniques for doing that, too, to um, to sort of grow that money for charity so that the deposit that you're making monthly becomes this much bigger gift for charity. I can get into that later. I think it's yeah more for another time
0: yeah we can have a whole second uh episode around uh charity and and that kind of work as well awesome so yeah when um as the listeners will know that you were a client of ours at amplify you and that's how we how we were connected, I was so fascinated when I started hearing you talk on other podcasts about socially responsible investing because that was something i had never heard of so i'm curious how how did that come on your radar to begin with
1: i'd say this gradual progression it's like when you go to a coffee shop you know the um, coffee that you're drinking is made from fair trade beans which supports the farmers in those countries growing those beans and helps them get a decent wage and then maybe it's harvested sustainably so that those um, coffee beans are grown in, in rainforests that are planted with lots of native trees. So they don't just tear down the forest and plant and plant uh, coffee bushes. Right. So I I think it started with that because, you know, growing up as consumers, you realized, Hey, I don't just want a tasty cup of coffee for myself. I want to be able to have an impact in the world and know that I'm, I'm making, I'm, trading carefully that I'm not having a big footprint. And so I think our, especially, you know, Gen Y, Gen Z, um, or millennials and, and Gen Z, they really want uh, to have more of an impact in the world. It's not just about satisfying our own needs. It's about taking care of the world as well. So you can do that with consumption, whether you're when you're shopping and being conscious with your purchases, and you can do that with your investments. Um, the old paradigm is just, Yeah, it was just plunder, right? It was plunder other countries and take what you can from them and grow your own treasury. And then there was that attitude with investment. You know, I remember talking about tobacco companies. Well, hey, this company pays a really good dividend. It's a tobacco company. Who cares that people are getting cancer? You can make good money with it. Well, maybe it does matter.
0: And I just want to highlight something that you mentioned before, too, is that, you know, even if you are investing you know, under a hundred dollars a month, you can still make that impact. And I think that's so powerful because personally, and I know other people, it it can feel like the things that you do don't matter. The things that you consume, the things that um, you're engaged in because you're just one person and we're in this huge globalized nation. But I think that's so and an important thing with socially responsible investing, and as you mentioned, kind of conscious consumerism, is that your actions actually do have an impact.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, just look at the we already know we already know the cumulative impact of um, you know, the human development of the world, right? And we see climate change, species going extinct, so. We definitely know there's an impact. And I think what the socially responsible investments offer, especially yeah, if you're just getting started and you're able to contribute to that, I think people, we want to be part of something bigger and we want to feel that we're all part of something, progressing to something better. And then that can help people have that sense of belonging and, and feel that they're part of positive change. And that's just where you want people's energy. You want people's energy on improving the world. What did I, I wrote about in a recent newsletter. Um, people are always asking, what if, what if there's a, a giant stock crash? What if there's a giant earthquake? What if there's a war? Um, what if there's a zombie apocalypse? You know, what's going to happen to my portfolio? I said, well, it won't matter anyway at that point. You'll be worried about cans of tuna fish and toilet paper and guns and protect, <laughs> protecting yourself from the zombies, right? The money you have won't be worth anything anyway. So Why put your energy and attention there? Put your energy and attention on how you can make the world better, how humans can work together, how we can all contribute to positive impact.
0: I love that. I love that so much. And I just love that you're coming from this place and supporting people and educating people that within the financial world and your financial choices, you can make a difference and you do have some of that power and agency because I think a lot of people, as I as said before, just feel like what they do and their actions aren't going to have an impact negatively or positively, which just isn't true. It isn't true.
1: Can you tell me more about that? What What impression do you get from people that they kind of feel powerless or impotent in that way?
0: Well, I took this class, it was on sustainability, and it was the first time that I actually started thinking about kind of this conversation that we're just having, um, how my individual choices can actually make um, an influence. And also, in addition, what I did realize was that we do live in a highly globalized society, and there really isn't any getting around that now because of how society has progressed for better or for worse. right? And what I was realizing in that context was that the choices that we're making here in our country are having effects on other countries. So if I kind of scale that down a little bit, well, my choices and my opinions are influencing my society somehow. And then just scaling that up, I started to see how the the bigger effect of things, right? And I think, I mean, let's not skirt around it. There are some challenges out there in the world. I mean, we are just coming out of a global pandemic, which I am seeing the consequences of still, right, in the economy, in people's lives. We haven't just gotten over that. That was a very scary, stressful period of time, and. I think there can be a lot of negativity and pessimism and just belief that nothing really matters, that our choices don't matter, that what we do or say doesn't matter. And I'm seeing that a lot in kind of my generation. So I'm on right on that edge of Gen Z and millennial. So it's been something that's been on my mind the last couple of years, but especially now.
1: That's a tough one. When we get the energy, we want to I think the first thing we want to do is explore that and why do you feel that way or what's making you feel like things are hopeless and how do we turn that energy around <laughs> because negative energy is contagious and positive energy is contagious. <laughs>
0: Well, do you know what? I actually do have an example for you. So I love thrift shopping. I just think there's more choices and some kind of cooler clothes that you can find thrifting in addition to reducing, reusing and recycling. Right. So I was in a a thrift shop and there was a piece of clothing from Sheen. Do you know that? I think they're a Chinese company. They sell things really cheap, really cheap clothing. Personally, that is my part of my morals that I personally choose not to buy anything from Sheen. Other people might, no judgment there, but there was this piece of clothing that I really liked from Sheen. And I was having this moral dilemma with myself <laughs> because that is some a, a boundary I've set for myself. Well, I won't consume this, this piece of clothing because, you know, the the havoc that fast fashion is having in the world. So I was going through this kind of um, mental battle with myself and I ended up purchasing the piece of clothing because I was like, okay, look, it's out there in the world already. Now what? It's just potentially going to go from this thrift shop to the trash or somewhere else if it doesn't get sold. So at least if I'm consuming it and I'm enjoying it, then I'm doing my part in reacting to, to this really significant issue that we're having societally.
1: Which is what the excess consumption.
0: Yeah. Just the notion of fast fashion and and fast consumption in general, right? We can order something on Amazon and get it that day. That doesn't add so much value, right? I think if we're talking about being grateful for something, getting it at, at the drop of the hat doesn't uh isn't conducive to cultivating gratitude for that item
1: oh yeah yeah and you know one of my clients was saying she wears her clothes for 15 years before she bins them so that's definitely a point there and i can't um understand why people still like shopping though <laughs> Like, I thought we were moving beyond that. Like Christmas is really, it's really still a thing to to buy presents for people and create all that waste. Like, please don't get me anything for Christmas. Like, um, I don't know, donate to charity in my name or something. If you, I, I just feel like, I don't think we need any more things, especially right. in wh- where we are in the world. We just, we want relationships and experiences.
0: mm Mm, I couldn't have said it better myself. And as we're recording this, we're December 7th. So we're coming up to this Christmas period and crazy consumption phase. And and I um, have been reminded from some friends that and encouraged that it's okay to gift handmade items or um, experiences, right? I love getting experience gifts or gifting a recipe or a book that is your favorite, right? I think there's different ways that we can give to others that aren't necessarily damaging to our bank accounts and the environment.
1: Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's the consumption. And then my kid works at a restaurant and I, he brings home an enormous amount of food that would just be thrown away, like huge amounts of desserts or, pasta or meat and I just think wow what a shame like that all this overproduction and on the one hand there's this intensity of overproduction and making too much and then throwing it away and then there's people who don't have enough and it's this weird dichotomy
0: certainly is as you mentioned especially in the the place that we live in the world a quite rich stable safe place country where we do have the resources to feed and support people so how are we using them
1: yeah which ties into like the abundance in abundance wealth community because i believe there is enough for everybody out there mm-hmm. there's enough food there's enough land there's enough water there's enough money to go around we do have these ideas that things are limited You know there's plenty of water in the world. It might, it might not be the right kind of water, but maybe we can recycle the water more or, or desalinated or, or something. There's just different ways of looking at things to, and to, to share that abundance with people.
0: That's so wonderful. I love that. So as we wrap up here, Max, uh, we have a signature question we're going to be asking every guest. What piece of wisdom can you share with our listeners as they embark on their quest for wholeness?
1: I would just come back to gratitude and being present. I think the the best thing in life, um, we have to be grateful for the unfolding mystery of life. And I'm borrowing someone else's words there. Think of life as a friend that throws you gifts and you don't know what those gifts are. Instead of getting mad at life when you unwrap the gift and find out that it might not be what you wanted, just be present with that and try to see the good in it. Like maybe losing your job wasn't such a bad thing because it opened you up to get the job that you actually really wanted that you never had the the courage to step into before. I think that's the real mystery and that's the beauty and that's the secret of life. The secret of life is being present and being open and being in the flow and not being resistance and, Resistant and reluctant. Another guy I met at the beach, he quoted some wisdom. He said, um, it's either suffer or surrender. You either surrender to those gifts of life that are just coming our way, or you suffer through them by being unhappy with them.
0: Suffer or surrender. Well... I think that's a great note to end on, and that is certainly a piece of wisdom that I need to take with me in my day today. Um, and what I heard there too: give presence as presence. It's the most valuable gift.
1: <laughs> Love it.
0: <laughs> so, Max, if anyone has any questions for you or about your services, where is the best place to connect with you?
1: Best place would be to go to my website, AbundanceWealthCommunity.com. And if you do have financial questions, what you could do is fill out a five or ten minute assessment. And that gives me an idea of where your areas of focus would be and what you want to improve. And then from there, we would schedule a call to see if we be a good fit or if there's anything I could help you with. <laughs>
0: Awesome. And I will link up all of those things, your website and the assessment form in the show notes. So uh, you guys could go there to connect with Max. So thank you so much for taking this time to be here with us today. I'm so grateful.
1: Me as well. And thank you for inviting me on. And I'm I'm really excited to see your podcast and the new direction you're taking. And I, yeah, I think it's a great, um, great move you've made. And I really look forward to seeing your growth and your expansion from here and wish you a lot of success
0: thank you for joining me on this adventure today if you're interested in learning more about holistic health or of topics that you'd like to hear on the show connect with me over on instagram at quest for wholeness podcast that's all one word quest for wholeness podcast i'll see you next time to continue our shared quest for wholeness